My guy, what's up? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 88 of Speak On It, the Michael Irvin episode, the CD Lamb episode. And if you know anything about us, we're going to get these Dallas jokes off all night. I am your host, Andy Ocean, as always, joined by the smoothest man on the planet, Losty Mix. How are you doing on this beautiful Tuesday evening? Man, it is a blessing, as always, to be here with you back at it another week. You already know when you see this Nas fade, I take a hat off for the people that's watching. When you see this Nas fade, you know it could only be one brother, the good brother, Los D-Mix. People, I'm so happy and glad to be back with you. If you're tuning into the audio, thank you as always to, to for showing showing love. No matter where you're at, whether it's Google, whether it's Spotify versus Apple, thank you for being here, people. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. That opening song, shout out to all my '90s head. That's Fuji's "Ready or Not." The score, uh, not, not to be confused. Uh, with Ooh La La by Tina Marie. I'll say that because I am a huge Ooh La La by Tina Marie fan. I think we might end the pod with that. But listen, I respect Ready or Not, but let's just say I think the Fijis kind of redid that hook, Mad Fire, for how they did it. But the original way that hook was done, come on now, Tina Marie was rocking. Ooh La La La. You know what's crazy? My wife and I were talking about T and Marie the other day in Square Buzz. And I don't want to sound rude, but I still can't believe there's a white woman on this earth that had that much soul. Bam, listen, white and soul or white and bee, whatever you want to call it, like white soul, white and bee. Listen, they be getting into their bag, and I be yes. And get listen, as a music music fan, these white and these good white soul, white and bee artists, I just be like, dog. If you if you would have used some of your talents back in the 1600s, this country's this country's dynamic could have turned out completely different. Cause like I just feel like back in back in prime segregation, prime slave days, having Tina Marie sing ooh la la to the crowd might have stopped some ships from carrying mass amounts of black and brown people. Might it might have stopped some rallies. Oh man, it it, it might. It it it, re it really might have. And you know what I also think about. So when the and you know we're not we're not historians, it's not a history pod. No. But don't you think it's kind of fucking insane that they that I don't want to say white people, but the colonizers were literally filling full ships with human beings and transporting them to do work to sell to other countries to do work, like cattle. Yes. I would say cattle got treated better. Yeah, probably. And then people, and then with that, people just want black and brown people to just forget like that shit just, like didn't happen. They trying to take it out of textbooks and whatnot. It's like, yo, nah, what was what the fuck was y'all on back during these times? Because this shit is insane. They was on that hate that Clayton Bixby. <laughs> yo, but just uh, last thing I'm gonna say, but and then I'm gonna let you enjoy the pod. I also heard an unrelated news that the creator of Rick and Morty is no longer, uh, he, he, he also voices Rick and he voiced like 80% of the show. They're recasting him. Um, apparently he got into some trouble. 
got into some trouble that got that found him in the cancel train and they are deciding to replace his voice and when i found out how much of the character's voice i don't know how much you've watched of rick and morty but he he the dude does like 80 80 percent of the voices justin holland is his name 80 percent of the vo- voices so i'm sitting here thinking like yo dog i remember what the streets was like when they replaced steve and blues clues this is what the fuck are y'all going like you can put another voice there but this is an animated show so the voice is like super 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 key dog gonna throw the i i think you either end the show or i mean i know rick and morty is a money grab but dog a whole a whole different voice for like 80 percent of the cast i have a confession to make you haven't watched rick and morty i watched one episode and i was like i'm not high enough for this I don't. Well, I don't necessarily think it's definitely an interesting type of humor type of show. You definitely got to kind of engulf yourself a little bit in the world to kind of to, to kind of get it. Like, I get what you're saying. You're not high enough because there's definitely some episodes in there that I'm like, whoa. Like, I don't know if like the most famous one is the pickle Rick episode. Uh, that's one. But there's also another one where like Rick and Morty kind of discover that they were um, that there's different that there's other people that there's other versions of them out there that follow similar timelines that blew my mind so i understand what you're saying because they do have some trippy episodes out here but they also got some funny ass episodes too all in all you can't replace a, a prominent voice like that in a very prominent adult tv show it's like okay you watch family guy i imagine uh yes so you know the dude um i forgot his i forgot his name at the top of my head but the, that dude did a lot of the voices at Family Guy. Oh, really? Well, so like Regina King and the Boondocks kind of thing? Let's go to Boondocks because, you know, Regina King did a lot of voices. So imagine yeah. if Regina King, knock on wood, did some crazy shit. They had to cancel her and they had to find someone else to voice all of Regina King's characters. Or most of Regina, like they just recast it for most of Regina King's characters. You don't think, right. like, I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it. What's good, Bam? What's good, Kyle? Uh, Bam said they, they had him get drunk off tequila to voice an episode. If he's not there, I'm not watching. Yeah, like he was really because Rick was like a Rick was like the smartest person ever. Well, smart, smartest person on earth, smartest person on earth, smartest person ever. But he was like a, a functioning alcoholic. So like he, I could tell dude in there who voiced it. He was probably fucking drunk because dude, he'd be like talking and just uh, drunk Burke. I don't know if he was acting like that one. Uh, what's good, Kyle? What's good, Danny? Go ahead, introduce us. Let us know what the podcast about is brought to us by. Um, as always, the show is brought to you by goingfor2.com. Head over to goingfor2.com for all your daily fantasy needs. Also, for those of you who want to up the ante in your fantasy leagues, there's only a few days left to take advantage of a 23% off personal league podcast. Someone from the Going For Two Network will go into your league, talk about your team, give you some advice. Um, it's an hour. It's about an hour, hour-ish. It's live, and it's dedicated to your league and your league only. So use promo code EARLYBIRD23 and get 23% off. That's less than $7 per person in a 12-man league. Head over to goingfor2.com for more details. Get that personalized podcast. Get some insight on how you can be like me and win your league next year. You mean you mean like us, my brother? I also. Oh, you did. My bad. I didn't mean to be disrespectful. You can I'm be like us. I, my name I, 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 did, I did win a league. I am, I am a champion. I get to carry this crown. One, we one should rename the show Winner Circle because that's what this is. Yeah, it is a winner. Although I will say we can't talk too heavy because uh, after after the Super Bowl, and I'm glad Kyle and Bam and Gator J is here. 
after the Super Bowl, I am going to officially reopen our uh, our dynasty league. So the league year is going to probably start back up and perfect. We'll, we'll see. Um, I got some I'm trades gonna, I need to make. I, yeah, and while I'm here, uh, to any prospective members of the dynasty league, there may be there may 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 be one spot opening. Uh, I was kind of oh. I was already informed that someone may be thinking about leaving. I'm not going to say their name. Uh, well, not on not on camera, not not on not on the pod. I will, but after I, I will. But um, hey, if you're interested in joining a dynasty league and you're hearing this, hit me up. I can let you know who's on the roster. It's not a bad roster at all. I believe this is a playoff team, so it's not a bad roster at all. Uh, really? Let me know. You about. let me know. I got. I'm gonna go talk to them before they leave. Maybe they can give. Me, they have a little bit of fire cell. Matter of fact. Actually, I'm glad you. Might, I'm glad you said that because now I don't know if I should tell you because you're probably gonna put in a crazy trade now. No, listen, listen. This this word that seems to be going around that I be that I'm a bad GM or that, that I propose I bad trades. I, I mean, that. but that's what you're insinuating. No, I'm, I'm a just, great GM and I make I'm, fair I'm trades. Gonna, I'm not gonna let. Listen, that team. Though, this is what I'm gonna do. That team specifically until he confirms whether he does or does not. Want to come back to the league next year? I'm not letting him make any trades. Damn. And I'm going to veto any trade that he makes if, like, until he absolutely confirms he's going. What if it's a fair trade though? It's got to, got because if if he's yo, if a team if I got a scenario for you, if Dan Snyder decides to sell the Washington Commanders. If if he was thinking about selling the Washington Commanders but wasn't sure, and a prospective buyer said, "Hey, since you're thinking about you know selling the team, what if I offered you two second round picks and a third round pick for Chase Young straight up? Like, yeah, you may think it's a good deal. You may you you may you may be aligned with it, but what if the new buyer of the Washington Commanders says, "Who the fuck trades Trey Young? I mean Chase Young? Can't you know what I'm saying? Can't let you do that, Danny." Danny, come on. Hit us with the housekeeping items. Chat with us. All right. So tonight we're going to be talking about, let's see, uh, the divisional round that just wrapped up this week. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. those games. We're going to preview championship weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about some, what else? We got some quick hitters and talk about Shannon Sharp wilding in LA in front of God in America. <laughs> talk some WNBA. Kevin Durant and Stan Van Gundy had a very boomer moment, very old man, young man moment on Twitter. Uh, we're going to talk about your Lakers. They trade for Rory Hachimori, and now you have the Los Angeles Wizards coming up, which oh, is hilarious. Yeah. Oh, and we're also yeah. going to talk some some WNBA trades that happened. So, D, you want to get us started? I am happily, I'm happy to get us started. People, before we get started, make sure that you are taking the time. If you have not already, make sure you're pressing the follow button for going for two. Make sure you're downloading our episodes. Make sure you're following us at speak on it underscore pod on all social medias, aka Twitter and Instagram. Speak on it underscore pod. Make sure you're following Danny Ocean. Make sure you're following Los D Mix. Let's get into it, people. Let's start right in the divisional round. Danny. A lot of people say this is the best week in pro football, maybe in all of football. I'm right there with them. I think I, I, I don't think there's a round collectively in, in any level of football is better than the NFL divisional round. This week or last week, we saw Kansas City and Jacksonville. Kansas City got past the Jags, came away with the Gimby Pat Mahomes. We also on Saturday saw the Eagles beat up on the Giants from start to finish. It was not close. People, I know they said it's hard to beat a team three times. 
it's definitely not as hard when you have a literally the record a record setting defensive line. It's not, not that hard. On Sunday, we saw we, we saw. Oh no 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 no. no. Let's, let's let's say let's stay, let's stay there real quick. Let's stay let's stay with the number one seeds that played on Saturday real quick. Okay. I, I want to stay real quick. So speaking of these number one seeds in Kansas City and Philly, right? Both we saw both of them handle business, and now we know our championship games. The winner of our Super, I mean the Super Bowl uh, uh, contendees will come from. Philly and Kansas City, respectfully, in their championship games, right? So, Danny, I got to ask you now, what were your thoughts on the, the Chiefs versus the Jags? What were your thoughts on the Eagles versus the Giants? I'll start in Kansas City. Is there anything Patrick Mahomes can't do? Like, you sprain your ankle, you come out, you come back, throw a touchdown pass, and you do just enough to beat the Jacks. I think that's more reflective of Kansas City's defense because that team could have fallen apart. Like Trevor Lawrence really could have taken advantage, and I thought Doug Peterson would have had something up that they could at least take the lead or, or, or make the, the Chiefs sweat a little bit. I think that's more of a reflection of the Chiefs' defense. And again, Pat Mahomes on one leg is still better than 70% of the quarterbacks in the league, which is absurd mm-hmm. in bananas. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see how he feels next week against the Bengals. I'll say I don't think the Bengals are that good at rushing the passer, so I don't see him getting hit a lot. There'll probably be a lot of quick screens, a lot of you know three-step drops. I don't know if they'll be calling seven-step drops, two hitches. Patrick Mahomes on a bad leg, so I'm interested to see how they game plan for the Bengals, who's played lights out defensively. We saw what they did to Josh Allen. Uh, Philadelphia, I'm not surprised. What did y'all expect? You thought Daniel Jones was going to walk into Philadelphia on a Saturday night and do numbers. Mm. I'm sorry, dog. Yeah. That's that's what I expect. I expect them to beat his ass and beat his ass they did so bad that Gardner Minshew got playoff snaps. The Giants are cool, but they're not Philadelphia. They, they're a ways away. They don't have the facilities to hang with Philadelphia. And they probably won't for a while. But good luck paying Daniel Jones 25 mil in a year. God bless. All right. Well, he deserves 25 mil a year. No, he does not. Hey, man. Listen, how can you say that when their head coach literally was a key instrument in turning around your starting quarterback? Listen, man. Franchise tag him. Tell him do it again. I think he says he can't. He's, he's looking at it like, yo, I did it with Jalen Hurts. I did it with Josh Allen. Josh Allen's better than Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones. I think I can do it with Daniel Jones. But that's, that's what I'm saying. Okay. My thoughts. Kansas City. Let's start in Kansas City. Um, Man, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, when, when Mahomes got hurt, I'm sitting there like, oh, man. Vegas isn't happy. Roger isn't happy. The league isn't happy. The Chiefs isn't happy. I want to shout out Chad Henney. Yes. I want to shout out Chad Henney. People, we we often come on this this uh, pod, uh, podcast and say being a backup quarterback is the best job in America until you actually have to go out there. And if you're going to be a backup quarterback and you want to earn your year's salary, you go out there and do what you what Chad Henney did. Yep. You orchestrate a drive where all you had to do, all you needed was any type of points. Not only did he get points, he got a full touchdown. The full touchdown that ended up. Think about it. That that touch. They won by seven. Chad Henney came in there and orchestrated a seven. I mean, a, a seven point drive. Had they not, had that, had that game goes, had that game go into overtime, I, I think we're talking about a different scenario here. I, I, I think, think we are too. 
I think you talk about a Jackson that probably would have went to overtime with a lot of confidence. Um, I think when I think of Kansas, when I, when I look at Kansas City, I mean, Kansas City needs a – they need to firm up their wide receiver position. I think they need a very, very strong wide receiver one. You know what I'm saying? I think – yeah, you have Travis Kelsey, and we saw what happens when – Pat Mahomes really focuses on, on Travis Kelsey. He can literally break a record, for, almost break a record for catches in a game. But when you also look at that, I think when you look at the Bengals and when you look at whoever they play, if they make it to the Super Bowl, I, th- I think a team can really double up and find ways to cover uh, cover Travis Kelsey and then dare one of these wide receivers to beat him. And I, I think I think most teams would be open to that. You don't have a Tyreek Hill that can really take a top of defense. You have a Kadarius Tony who's more shifty, more quick screen work. You have Juju Smith, Juju Smith Schuster, who I believe is more of a slot number, a good slot number two receiver who would who can win a lot of single coverage when you know he's not the focus. I, I don't know. I know you know technically Travis Kelsey is the main focus on offense. I just think you know as the Chiefs look ahead to whoever they're going to play, they got to figure out ways that they can create dynamic plays by people who are not named Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, I know they got Pacheco. I like what they're doing with McKinnon. So I'm curious to see how they're going to, how they're going to do with that. Philly. Listen, Giants fans. I get it to it. Like you saw, you saw, you saw the, the O and two thing. You saw how, you know, you guys played them a little bit closer the second time felt pretty confident coming out, coming out of the Minnesota game. Listen, Listen, the difference between Minnesota and Philadelphia is one team gets after the quarterback like no other team has quite literally in history. And the other team does not. And and you kind of found out what it's like for 60 minutes have to deal with a defensive line that literally just does not stop. Uh, literally from start to finish, you can just tell they just, just don't have enough. And I think if you're Brian Dayball and you're this Giants organization, yeah, this is an ass kicking. And I want to give a lot of credit to the Philadelphia defense. Offensively, I think, you know, I think their, their scheme is hard to deal with, right? Like, you have a, you just have a lot to deal with. You, you have Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts who can run. You have Devontae Smith, who I believe was really – he's a Giants killer, man. Outside of Boston Scott, Devontae Smith just gets off against against the Giants. Um, and obviously, they have A.J. Brown. They got Quez Walker. Like, there's a lot of good athletes, you know, in Dallas Goddard as well. But I think if you're, you know, the Giants, you look at this as, yes, Philadelphia was the better team. They're probably the best team in the NFL – you know, maybe with the Chiefs, we have to use this this game as the blueprint. We see what it takes. We got to start building. And it would not surprise me if this year the Giants look at this roster and be like, hey, we clearly have enough to win games here. Now how do we start winning some of these other games that these, these more closer games against teams that are good? It's got to start with the defensive line, right? You guys, they got something in their defensive, their defensive oh, line. Oh, yeah. Lawrence, Leonard Williams. They got some defensive players, but you got to get more depth. Hey, it wouldn't surprise me if they if that Giants team does not take a single offensive player next year and they go crazy with defense because that's what you got to do. You got to get deeper on defense and you got to just find gems on offense that can just beat coverage and then now you got something. So I'm very curious to see where the, where the Giants go from here. I, I think they're you know they're going to pay Daniel Jones. I think they're going to pay Daniel Jones good money. They he hey, Saquon. They're going to franchise Saquon, um, and then. Or if you pay if you pay Saquon and franchise Daniel Jones, you're you may be assuming that he plays on a franchise side this year that you guys can get some cap space to pay him next year. Good luck. 
Yeah, good luck. Speaking between Kansas City and Philadelphia, which number one seed do you think really made the stronger case heading into to next week? I think I think I know your answer, but no, for me again, it's Kansas City. Like it's it, it's got to be demoralizing. All right, he has a sprained ankle, and he still beat you. Like it's it's got to be demoralizing on one leg. That man is still good enough to beat me, and like he was really, he almost was like Byron Leftridge. When he's at Marshall, like he could barely walk, mm-hmm. and he still found a way to beat you. That's got to be just absolutely jumping, hopping, and get the handoff off. Like it's one thing to get demolished the way the Giants do, right? The Giants could always say it wasn't our night. Like I'd rather lose by a lot than by a little. Like the Jags, dog, we had him on one leg, still couldn't beat him, and he still beat us. What do you think about Chad Henney with the longest drive in Chiefs playoff history? Shout out to Research, aka Kyle, was good. Uh, I mean, what, what were your thoughts during that drive? I mean, I guess after the first down, after they got the first first down, mm-hmm. were you thinking, oh, Jags, all they got to do is get a stop? Listen, man, for me, like, and I hate to do this, right? Because I don't want to talk about the Chiefs like they're gods, but dog, like what? They can't do anything wrong right now. Mm-hmm. They can't do anything wrong. Chad, just play within the boundaries of the offense. We'll be just fine. You're not Patrick. We don't want you to be Patrick. Like, just do what we need you to do. Put some points on the board, and we'll be okay. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm with you. I would say I would I would go with Philadelphia for the stronger case for the number one seed. I mean, as a number one seed heading into next weekend, because I just think I think coming into the game, you know, people were like, you know, how healthy and how good is how healthy is Jalen Hurts? How is this Eagles team legit? Is this roster legit? Like. Or is it just a really good team on a really good year? And I think they just went into that Giants game and was like, yo, we're going to shut all y'all up. Yeah. I mean, that game literally was not close from start to finish. It was never it was never in doubt who the better team was, who the better roster was. From start to finish, you can tell the 53 in Philly, which is better than the 53 in New York. And the New York team, they just got to go home. And they got to really, really look at their roster. Like, that's the type of loss on that type of stage and that type of game that makes a team go back and reevaluate every like person one through 53 yeah. it's like yeah we, we can't go out there and get our asses kicked like that well think about the giants is like a lot of the receivers aren't weren't healthy right slayton was gone right. wendell robinson wasn't there so if you're the giants it's like hey if we have our top guns there we've developed some of these little roster guys like if i'm the giants like yo if isaiah hodgins is my three like, we might be i mean you might need a tight end but like we're in pretty good shape next year offensively do you think Darius Slayton is the wide receiver one the Giants need? I think they need a bigger name. Like we, we've seen what le- elite wide receivers can do for quarterback development. And if you're the Giants and you really think Daniel Jones is your guy, if that's what you really think, then you got to find a way to go get a DeAndre Hopkins or you got to go find a legit number one for Daniel Jones. If you're serious, if you think he's that dude, go get him something that can help him out. Do you think there'll be a bigger trade name over the next couple months than DeAndre Hopkins? I'm sure. No one knew. I mean, AJ Brown was whispers, and then all of a sudden, boom. Maybe you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers. But we'll we'll talk about that. Okay. We'll talk about that. All right. So let's go to the games we saw on Sunday, right? The other half of the NFC. I mean, the other half of the divisional playoff, right? So Sunday was all about the two seeds. In the AFC, we had the the Bengals traveling to Buffalo, and from Start to finish, Cincinnati just straight handed it to Buffalo, right? Straight handed to Buffalo. 
San Francisco, the Niners and the Cowboys easily played the most physical football game of the weekend. Physical, hard-hitting, everyone involved immediately was in the ice bath after that game because that was a physical football game. Niners ended up uh, pulling it out, punching their tickets to Philly, right? So let's start here. What are your thoughts on those two collective games? Let's start in uh, Buffalo. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Joe Burrow's right there behind him. I've never seen a person more cold than Joe Burrow in the playoffs. He's been in the league. This is this is year three. He tore his ACL the first year, so this is like his second full season. He has won. Was it four playoff games? He nice would. He has won at least two playoff games. Every year he's been starting full time and been healthy. Like dog, he like we thought he was cold at LSU. Dog, did you see the video they shot? He's in the I end zone. He do that ball, turn around. Dog, yeah. as soon as I saw that, I was like, that's it. He oh, feeling yeah, himself right. today. Whoever had the idea of letting the Bengals wear all white during a snowstorm, genius. Someone was upset. They said there was a competitive advantage. I said, "Yo, Buffalo has white helmets, and Cincinnati has bright orange striped helmets. What is the I mean, competitive?" For Joe, advantage? it's like Joe throw it to the orange helmet. Yeah, and listen, listen. Just since we're since since we're here in Buffalo, whole time I was watching that game, I said, "Yeah, I see why they didn't." Uh, I would have made a case if I was whole time I was watching that game. I was like. Yeah, if I was Cincinnati, I'd I'd make a case. I'd be making a case of why this AFC Championship game isn't uh, isn't neutral. Oh yeah, I can I can see it. And if I'm also Cincinnati, low key, I'm saying, hey dog, had that one game kept going, like didn't get canceled, y'all would have got y'all's asses kicked just like this too. Yep. I don't. I think it. I don't think it puts anything. I, to me, it puts. Puts to bed the rest that that game even needed to happen back week whatever because the Bengals was gonna kick their ass because they ain't much different they ain't much different other than the location the Bengals gonna kick their ass man listen if I'm the Buffalo Bills where the fuck do I go from here man you have put so much money into this team particularly on the defensive end yo when was the last offensive player the Buffalo Bills have drafted? Well, the last know. wide receiver because they took James Cook recently. No idea, but I do know they're eight million dollars over the cap, and they spent a lot, a lot, a lot of draft capital on the defensive end of the ball. I don't even know how many Pro Bowlers they have. Maybe one or two. Maybe Tremaine Edmonds. Maybe one, one other. That may yeah, be. But it. Who was no all pros? Tre'Davious White was out this year. I think Poyer dealt with some injuries. Von Miller towards ACL. I think Von Miller would have made a big difference in that game because the Bengals' offensive line is leaky, real leaky. But when it comes to see, when it comes, I feel like Cincinnati can Cincinnati can probably give you Cincinnati was on like their second or third string offensive line. Yeah, they were putting th- second and third strings out there on the offensive line. So I hear you on injuries, but Cincinnati said what injuries? That's true. That's and that's what I'm saying about Joe Burrow. Cold, you know, I don't care. This is a fish string offensive line. That's cool. Jamar, go run. I got you. Cold man. At what point does Buffalo think about a rebuild? You can't now with Josh Allen. Now for that contract, ain't no rebuild. You got Stefan Diggs, you got Josh Allen, you got Von Miller coming back. Ain't no rebuild. But you're already over the cap, and you can't keep all these people. Some people are gonna have to go. 
And if I'm Buffalo, yo, I'm done spending money on the defensive end of the ball. We need to invest in the offensive end. Newsflash, I love Gabe Davis, great, great player. I, I remember the game in Kansas City. Went crazy. I don't think you can win with Gabe Davis as your wide receiver, too. No. Because it seems like if the teams have figured out a way to get, take a – not take, but – I don't want to say neutralized, but Stephon Diggs is gonna get all the coverage. Like you, he needs some help, or at least oh, you need it. They double in Stephon, and they are daring. They're putting they're they're putting their best corner on Gabe Davis, their second best on Stephon Diggs, rolling the coverage that way, and they're turning the best corner. If this guy Gabe Davis does not do anything today, we can take care of Stephon Diggs. Yep. If Dawson Knox beats us, oh well. Oh well. If we do that, we can force them to run the ball. They don't want to do that. Josh Allen's their leading rusher. Nope. Yeah, let him run the ball. Let's let's tee off on Josh Allen for three hours. Go for it. And I had to sit there. We all had to sit there as the Bengals linebackers defensive line was just hitting my man. Pause. Are we serious here? So I guess between the Bengals and now we can shift to San Francisco. Yep. Damn cow. This is what I'm going to say about that game in San Francisco. Dallas, if I'm a Cowboys fan, this is one of those playoff games where you can at least say, damn, that was a good game. But you also got to be like, we should have won that game. And now you know how Green Bay Packers felt. (laughs) Green Bay Packers fans felt one year ago when we played that same damn team. You look at it and you're like, this team, they're not that good offensively. Defensively, yeah, they straight. Offensively, if our if our offense didn't shoot themselves in the fucking foot multiple times, I mean, in my opinion, the Cowboys walk away with that game if they are one and a half less turnovers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. One and a half less turnovers, I think the Cowboys win that game. Because one of those picks was deep in Dallas, I mean, deep in yeah. San Francisco territory. Yeah, Dallas was moving the ball. So, and, and, and I'm going to just say this before I let you before you go. Listen, before y'all say, oh, we need Sean Payton. Oh, Mike McCarthy can't get this done. Dak this. I, I hear y'all with some of the Dak talks, but I also don't hear y'all with some of the Dak talks. Because some of Dak's receivers is leaving him out to dry out there. Talking to you, Michael Gallup. I think we need to give one credit to the San Francisco defense and then just two, just Dallas. Y'all Keep building your roster, man. Win your division and you don't have to play that game. I'll also say that. Don't lose to the Packers. If you don't lose to the Packers, you win the rest of your games and you split with Philly. You're the one seed. You're the one seed. I'll say this. I'm not going to rip in on Dallas as I should, but and I tweeted this and I'll say it. Y'all really thought a man named after the most useless states in these Americas <laughs> was going to do something. Come on, man! Don't do that like that. You thought a man Don't named Dakota. You thought a man, a black dude named Dakota, was going to do something special. I still came away thinking the Cowboys is the better team. Like I, I left that game saying, "Yeah, the, the Chiefs." You the, 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 thought? The, I, I came away saying the Niners got the better defense. I really think the Cowboys are the better team. Bam! Thank you. So Bam says in the in the chat for everyone who's listening. He asked, 
could the Cowboys or Bills have used Odell Beckham Jr. this playoff run? Yes. Let me tell y'all why. You saw what you saw what the Rams were going through last year with their undisputed wide receiver one, and then they just said, "Hey, let's just bring in a like a legit threat at the wide receiver position to be a wide receiver two, and let's see what that can do." And y'all see what what happened. Not only did Odell score in a touchdown, I mean score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I think if he would have kept playing, he probably would have had like a field. Oh, that game would have been close. Yeah. So, yes, the Cowboys or Bills could have used OBJ this playoff run, but I would say this specifically to the Cowboys. They passed up on OBJ to bring in T.Y. Hilton, who was mm. playing well at that position. He wasn't Odell, but he wasn't playing bad. What happened? But now, the Bills for sure could have used Odell Beckham Jr. because, I, as I just stated, I don't think you can win with Gabe Davis as your wide receiver, too. Gabe Davis was everyone's fantasy darling this year that everyone wanted to get a hold of. And if you drafted Gabe Davis this year, you probably played him a total of like three or four times before you said, this dude is so unpredictable. I think I'd rather figure it the fuck out with someone else than get frustrated at him on this offense. Gabe Davis was part of a lot of trade dumps this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Gabe, man. Gabe Davis was this year's... Uh, Actually, you traded Gabe. Round picks. You get you traded Gabe Davis to me. I did with yeah. ease too, and you traded him to Joe. I did. Coincidentally, that guy finished last. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. All right. So between these two uh, number, uh, between these two uh, two people, two teams struggling to their to the number one seeds and Bengals and uh, San Francisco. Who do you think has the edge on their number one seed? Um, I'm going to say Philadelphia only because Patrick Mahomes has a high ankle sprain and that's going to be a lot. I, I'm not trying to talk like I was some great athlete, but I did sprain my ankle during a football game. And then I came back and played the rest of the game. I could barely walk the next day. Like that ankle lingered for months and affected me in other sports as well. So I know they're going to shoot Patrick up with something nice and something sweet, but it's still a sprained ankle. He still won't be able to put weight on it to push off to throw those deep bombs. I don't. I'm not going to say that offense will be neutered, but I. I don't know how explosive they can be if Patrick really. I know he has a, a hell of an arm. He can throw at different angles. He may not need to step into his throws more. You know, like a Jalen Hurts or a traditional quarterback. But one leg is one leg. A sprained ankle is a sprained ankle. So I will give the advantage to Philadelphia for that and that only. Man, that's that's a great answer. I'm also going to go. It's it's hard. I think about it. It's hard for me. I go. I also go with Philadelphia, but for a different reason. I think of the four teams heading into this weekend, Philadelphia is probably the healthiest. If, mm -hmm. you, if, if with some air quotes, they. I mean, they had time to take out the starters. They had time to you know put in a little Gardner Minshew. I think when you look at the 49ers, they came off a really really physical game. I think um, scheme wise, I think. Um, I think when Brock Purdy has to play a defense that isn't isn't kind of fumbling over themselves, um, I, I, I think it's going to give him. I think it's going to give him trouble. I know we talk about the Chad Henney drive that that put up uh, that put up the Chiefs. The George Kittle drive put up uh, put put the put the Niners up over the Cowboys. Essentially. That's what won the game. I think 
from an Eagle standpoint, if you neutralize, you know, George Kittle, which I think they have the athletes to, and you find a way to get to a quarterback, get to the quarterback so fast to shut completely shut down Christian McCaffrey and uh, shut down whatever sort of uh, passing attack that Brock Purdy may have. I mean, it's, it's going to look, I think that game is going to look similar to how the early part of the Niners and Cowboys look right because the Cowboys defensive line was really getting after Brock Purdy early in the game. So they kind of made some adjustments. I think that's going to be a lot of what 60 minutes of the Eagles and the Niners are going to look like. I think it's going to be very, very hard for Brock Purdy um, in this offense to get around. I think, you know, everyone's always talking about, North Coast in your hand and you get the ball and the weapon to the coast in your hand offense. Yeah, that sounds good until you got a defensive line that just shut that shit completely the fuck down. Now you're looking at this rookie wonder, wondering why he didn't threw three picks to four de- defensive linemen and they dancing in the end zone with the pictures. So. I'm not saying I'm cheering on a particular team downfall because I can't really stand them, but uh, I think the Niners get the Philly special in their season. Can we park right there for a second? Because I don't want to be disrespectful to St. Francisco. We talk about this win streak that they've beaten. I know you do. But we talk about this win streak. So last night when I couldn't sleep, I just like, who have they Look, played? Who they beat? Yeah, let's read off the teams that the, the 49ers have beat during this win streak. The Rams, the Chargers, the Cardinals, the Saints, the Dolphins, the Bucks, the Seahawks, they beat them twice, uh, the Commanders, the Raiders, the Cardinals again, and then the Cowboys. Do you know the combined record of all these teams that they I can beat, tell right now? Including the playoffs. I included Dallas's record and I included Seattle's. Do you want to guess their record? The total record. To a lot, a lot, a, a lot of losses with a not a lot of wins. It's close. It's 83, 87, and one. And that's throwing in Dallas, right? I threw in Dallas's record, and that changed it significantly because Dallas is the only double digit. Yeah, Seahawks only won nine yeah. games. Dallas is the only double digit team they've beaten. And then mm-hmm. Dallas, this, oh no, the they beat the Chargers. Chargers won 10 games. They beat, yeah, a couple teams over 500, but no world beaters. And then I was like, hmm, what are the, what's the weakness? What is the 49ers' weakness? Anyone who's watched the 49ers, elite wide receivers tend to have career days against them. Devontae Adams went off. Tariq Hill went off. Uh, who else did they play that went off? Uh, DK Metcalf went off. Like It appears that C.D. Lamb went off on Sunday. Granted, it was an effort, but C.D. went off. So it seems to me that if you can attack them vertically and hold off the rush, there are some opportunities there for some big plays. And what do you know? Eagles have not one, but two elite wide receivers. Very true. So if this offensive line is as good as we say it is, hey, man, AJ, just go run. The safeties are great. The front seven is great. The way it attacks San Francisco is vertically. Look for big plays. I don't think you're going to put, you know, a seven-play, seven-minute drive up on the board against the 49ers. I think they're that good at stopping the run. Jalen may add to that because they haven't faced a quarterback who can tuck it and run at the rate that Jalen can. Would Jalen want to do that with Fred Warner patrolling the paint? I don't know. We'll see. I just think the Eagles will have to pick their spots and look for splash plays and look for your one-on-one matchups and put them in situations where they have to tilt their hand. Yo, I'm 100% everything you say. And I also want to just say, yo, what the fuck is Brock Purdy going to do against this defense, yo? Like, I, I well, hear, here's the I, thing though the 49ers offensive line is good, okay. 
I respect that. But what they going to listen? You can't run the ball against the Eagles, so you got to take that. You're going to try that for for maybe like the first three series, Kyle Shanahan, and then when you realize this shit's not flying, you're going to try to put the hands of Brock Purdy, and that's where I'm looking in the camera and saying I have negative faith. Negative. Brock Purdy not better than Daniel Jones. If you can shut down Daniel Jones. That's fair. He does have better weapons. I will say if I'm the Eagles, I'm doing everything stop the run. And if Brock Purdy, I'll put Darius Slay on Brandon Ayuk. I'll put James Bradbury on Debo Samuel. Amen. That Avante Maddox is hopefully back and he can handle George Kittle. CJ Gardner Johnson could come down in the slot. I think he can guard Kittle. They can give Kittle some, some looks. Only problem would be McCaffrey out of the backfield, our linebackers. That's how you attack the Eagles roster. You attack their I, linebackers. See, I, I don't think the 49ers can pass without running the ball. And I'm saying I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball. And I, and I, I think they're going in their mind. They're probably thinking if we do what we're supposed to do, we're going to be able to run the ball. And they're going to be enamored at the fact that a team is actually successfully running the ball. That they're going to try to plug up holes and fix that. And that's when we're going to try to take it over the top. That's what I think their game plan is. And I'm saying that's just going to get cut. Like that game is going to get quickly. Hands going to get chopped off of that one. All right. Now put Brock Purdy out here and beat us. And I think that is where, like, it would not surprise me if this NFC championship game looks a lot like the 2017 NFC championship game. Oh, talk to me. Hey, if it's 30, to, 38 to seven again. I, I'm sorry, y'all. Maybe it's the Packers fan in me. Maybe it's the fact that I knew the Cowboys probably should have beat this 49ers team. I, I don't, I don't see them hand, I, I don't see it. I, I don't see I, I don't see their recipe to success. So I gotta I gotta be made into a believer. Speaking of recipes for success, let me ask you something. Mm -hmm. Can Joe Jordan pull off the four P against the Chiefs? Yes. We so? dog when I tell you I again Patrick is the best quarterback in the NFL. Like I ain't even opening that can of worms. But we talk about like there's Dog, there's just something about Joe Burrow. He the like when he on the he the coldest man on. Like if there's a part of me like if the Eagles win, like do I want to see Joe Burrow or do I want to see Patrick Mahomes? It's Joe Burrow because of that offensive line. Like don't get it twisted. Like the Eagles would feast. What if the Eagles and Bengals are in the Super Bowl? Whatever the over, whatever the over under is for sacks, take the over. Put your four one k on it. You can retire early. But dog, Joe, both of them are scared to talk. Joe Burrow's just, I don't know, man. I don't know. Listen. It's hard to beat a team four times in a row. But as I was talking to a coworker earlier today, dog, the Bengals are a matchup problem, right? Yes. They essentially got two wide receiver ones, a really, really, a, a pretty good uh, tight end. And then the, um, and then they have Joe Mixon, who's a really, really good running back who can pass catch very good out of, out of the backfield, right? So essentially when you have, he's essentially like a AFC, somewhat AFC version of Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Um, but I think different. the difference between the San Francisco and the Bengals offense is, listen, the the Bengals have two legitimate wide receiver ones on any on 32 NFL rosters. I think the 49ers have one wide receiver who's a wide receiver one on 32 NFL rosters. You get what I'm saying? Yep. So I think they just, you, it's, it's hard to cover them because – who do you double? You can't double. You double Chase, and now you're putting, now you're putting your first, or maybe you're maybe you're putting your best corner on T Higgins, and then putting your second best on Jamar Chase and rolling the coverage that way. But 
yo, I don't think anybody wants T. Higgins going one on one with anybody. And that's why I think that's why I think the Chiefs match up so not so well against him because they I think it's putting a lot of stress on their corners. And I think they're while their corners are improving, I've been seeing the growth and improvement over them over the season. Yo, it's it's hard when one of you got Jamar Chase and the other one of you's got T. Higgins. You can't ask one to switch to the other because the other one's gonna put the other one in hell. And then in the slot, you got Tyler Boyd, and then you got Hayden Hurst. And now, now that was man on man. Let's see what can what can happen. Now it's now it's- you know, yeah, yeah. So man, I, I don't know. I, I I think I'm with you. I think the Bengals pull off the four peat, but I'll put it like this. I could see of the four games, I could definitely see this one being the. Uh, I could see this game being the not close game, of the four. The Chiefs, Bengals, like thirty-one seventeen sort of sort of. Ooh, ooh, ooh! It's like there's some and, chatter going on. Yeah, and I and I see the Eagles winning thirty-one to six. Oh, jeez. I don't think it's gonna be like that. It was like, maybe I just have no respect for this for you. Do you don't have any? I mean, like, did you see? And this is why Fred Warner is so great. Did you see the Tampa two? Like Fred Warner is showing pressure, and then at the snap, he runs stride for stride with CD Lamb for the pass breakup. Fred Warner, beautiful. He's good. He's good, yo. Beautiful. Like, Niners got a good defense. My worry about the Niners isn't isn't their defense. That's the strong point. That's where they're leaning on. I'm saying, I, I'm just saying, you're. I think they're not going to be playing the best complimentary football. Okay, and that's why I think that 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 score is going to be the way it is. Because for think, me, it's like if we get up two scores, if it's if we up fourteen points, yeah, now now it gets real spooky. Because yeah, that Debo Samuel run out the backfield ain't cute down fourteen. All right, so we got some we got some chatter we got some chatter uh, in the chat. So Kyle said three of the teams remaining have potential top five quarterbacks. The 49ers do not. Yeah, retweet on that. My guy Dice MP says the Bengals receivers were wearing white uniforms in a snowstorm. That makes it impossible for the Bills defenders to spot to spot them since they blend in. This is basically cheating against Cincy. If I was a Bengals fan, I'd be saying that too. But I would say. If it was that much of a disadvantage, tell the Bills not to wear white helmets. Um, Kyle says, I think the Eagles will be in the Super Bowl. I think me, you, and Danny all agree there. Bam says, uh, Joe Burrow's wide receiver core makes him look better than he is. Bam, okay. I'm, Bam, that's a strong take considering he was top five in passing yards, and I believe he was top two in completion rate or completion percentage. And Jamar Chase missed time, too, so. Significant and and T Higgins missed time. That's a bold. That's a bold. That's a bold claim, my friend. Kyle said to end this uh, to respond to to Dice MP. I'm pretty sure the home teams decided their jersey colors first. So Bills chose their home blue. Then the Bengals went uh, road whites as a result. Yeah, I think I think I think that's I think that's the case. Yo, speaking of which, can I ask you a quick question? How do you feel about home teams in football wearing white? Depends. Like I, I, I don't it was like a basketball that. thing. Yeah, I thought it was a basketball thing too. I thought in the NFL home team wore the colored jerseys, mm-hmm. away team wears white. I know the NFL has done some fucky things, right? The color rush jerseys that year, mm-hmm. like one team would be all white. I mean, I prefer. I am an old fashioned. I prefer home team wears dark colors. 
away team wears white or their alternates. So I'm okay. So I'm in the mindset. So I'm, I'm with you. I do like the, the home team colored road team white, but I'm also a fan of color on color. Okay. Cause like no, no two teams in the NFL have similar colors like at all. Like, no, I don't see any color palettes getting mixed up. I don't see why the NFL doesn't do more color on color. Like, like, why won't, like, like the 49ers, in my opinion, should be wearing their cherry red jerseys and the Eagles should be wearing their Kelly Green jerseys. And Kelly Green comes back next year, baby. I cannot wait. Or not Kelly Green, their regular uh, dark green. Um, yeah. Their dark green jerseys. Like, they're not going to, you're not going to mistake someone in red for someone in, in green. No. One 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 helmet design has giant eagle eagle wings on the other one just gold. So I would be a, I'd love the 49ers burgundy jerseys. Those are beautiful jerseys. Yeah, like I'm I'm a fan of color and color. I would say teams like the Bucks and teams like the, the Cowboys, y'all confuse the fuck out of me. Like y'all really confuse the fuck out of me. Really? Bucks didn't start wearing white at home until Tom Brady got there. I, I I picked that up. I think he likes wearing white at home. Cowboys always wear white at home. I think that's, I think that's like their prefer because I think it was some some superstition, right? Like they don't. They, I think them wearing uh, the blue jerseys is like uh, sometimes bad luck for them. Oh, I didn't know that. I love their alternates. I wish they'd wore their alternates. I think I might be crazy though. I think I read somewhere that there's some superstition behind those blue jerseys. Like they prefer okay. to wear the whites. Because okay. the white jersey is the one that, that they usually wear. Yeah, they do wear white at home. Yeah. Yeah. The blue jerseys, I only see them wear like maybe once or twice a year because most teams wear colors at home. So the Cowboys just wear white. And then at home, they wear white. So those teams wear colors. Yeah. That feels right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Kyle. Kyle, can you look up to see if there's a superstition on why the Cowboys barely wear their colored uniforms? I'm very, very, very. Well, it is Jerry. Also say good color commentary, D. I appreciate that. Jerry not going to wear colored jerseys at home. Yeah, that too. Maybe that too. Bam said color rush uniforms didn't look good to him until uh oh he, he said color rush unis don't look good to me. I need a team to wear white. I listen, I like the white on white, like everything white, and then the uh helmet colored. If you're gonna do the white on white, I don't like the white and then like your regular colored pants, and then like if you're gonna do white, do the all white, but maybe there's like a I think actually, I think there's another reason. I don't think it has anything to do with the white on white. It's like some guys maybe out there shitting themselves, so maybe the white on white isn't the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Are you vomit? Vomit. Okay. All right, Danny, you ready to get into the quick hitter section? Because I think we got some funny shit in the quick hitter. Uh, yes. So let's start at the crypto.com arena. I don't know if y'all saw over the weekend, but there was a basketball game between the Lakers and the Grizzlies. During this basketball game, maybe around halftime, maybe a little bit before halftime, seemed to be a little kerfuffle happened in the stands where Dylan Brooks was, you know, Dylan Brooks is a real aggressive type defender, and he's real in their in their uh, in their face, very vocal. Well, I guess Shannon Sharp, who's a big LeBron fan, most of us are, he was out there letting Dylan Brooks know, "Hey, man, you can't guard LeBron. You can't guard LeBron," which is. Regular commentary if you're a fan talking to the away team. You can't guard our best player. Dylan Brooks looked over Shannon Sharp and said, fuck you. So Shannon Sharp, as anyone who hears those two words, said, fuck me. No, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) 
And so, and so they get into a fuck off pause. What is a fuck off to anyone who may not know? Well, let me give you a good old fashioned demonstration. Here is a definition of a fuck off. Hey man, fuck you. Fuck me? No, fuck you. Nah, fuck you. Nah, fuck you. Nah, fuck you. I had to fuck you then. Now, if it's fuck me, then fuck you then. That is a fuck off. If you haven't seen one of those, consider yourself lucky. You clearly are not in hostile environments or not in New York. Otherwise, so Shannon Sharp and Dylan Brooks get into a fuck off. And what happens? Shannon Sharp says, yeah, you say that fuck you over there. Come say it over here. You don't want it. You don't want these problems over here. So Dylan Brooks' teammates, as they're seeing, they're still like, nah, we're not going to let it. This our button. This our man's. So then here comes Stephen Adams. Here comes John Morant. And now they get into it. Shannon Sharp, who has not stepped onto the court, he has. He's still in his right to stand and do what he's doing. Now Team Team Morant comes over there. So now Shannon Sharp, and this is all verbal, no physical, no physical, no, no physical. Confirm, there's no physical. So what you're seeing here, well, actually, there's a, a term using the boondocks and the type of moment this is, but yes. I'm not gonna go there. So what you're seeing here is a moment of maybe some 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 black how do I say this some some black heated heads going off. But we all know if you've been to any maybe spades games, any sort of uh, any sort of yes, any sort of black cookout, any black family gathering. This is arguing that you know is them arguing that shouldn't lead it to anywhere. So during halftime, Shannon Sharp they. Took him away, tried to calm him down a little bit. He managed to speak to Dave McMenamin, who Dave, when asked, when when Dave McMenamin asked, like, what happened? He essentially said, yo, they don't want these problems. They don't want no smoke. Do a lot of talking, but they don't want these problems. Shannon Sharp returned to his seat, finished watching the game from there. So, Danny. Yes. And the Shannon Sharp versus... Dylan Brooks in the Memphis Grizzly trial. Who do you say is guilty? I'm not here to talk about guilt or innocence. I'll say this to the young people. If you ever come across a human being that ever in their life had to use an outhouse, not by choice, but because they had to. Yo, free our people. Where are you taking the culture right now? Because I know what you're talking about. You don't want anything to do with those people. Anyone who had to shit outside with no indoor plumbing, dog, there's none you can do. Like anyone who doesn't know, Shannon Sharp grew up poor in Alabama. Man had an outhouse. Nah, fam, I'm good. I'm sorry, Mr. Sharp. Forgive me. I ain't mean none of that. Mr. Sharp is sick. Listen. In the case of Shannon Sharp versus Dylan Brooks in the Memphis Grizzlies, Los D mixed rules that Dylan Brooks and the Memphis Grizzlies, you are guilty. Correct. Why? Why the hell would you pick a fight with a man in a cardigan like that? Are you shitting me? You, it, see, I'm glad you said that because he was ready to he was ready to move some furniture in a professional sporting arena in a damn cardigan. And Dylan Brooks, you came out here with a t-shirt, a, a black t-shirt tank top that some said looked like it snapped in the front. That man. I think you should maybe sit this one out and just let him be. A watcher. Dog. Let your game speak for itself. 
Shannon Sharp. We know how muscular Shannon Sharp is. Can you imagine if that did turn physical, getting beat up by a 50-some-year-old man wearing a denim cardigan, Dior ones built like that? The whole Memphis, their whole spiel is gone. Because all I got to say is that. They'll do that now. Don't question. Yo, don't question that gangster because they didn't want to fight. Dog, let me. No, I'm saying, like, if Dylan had ran up on Shannon and Shannon stole him, that's it. Like that whole tough guy Memphis stuff they pitching out to the world. That's done. That's well, all I gotta do is call Uncle Shay. He gonna I tell can, all y'all little boys go to sleep. Now I hear you, but a couple things. Mal's in the palace, so we know that's not gonna happen. That's true. Two. two Dylan Brooks. Listen, the only person I think Shannon Sharp would have maybe had to sit up for and really roll his sleeves up for was Stephen Adams. And that's because I don't trust no bro- nobody. I'm not fighting nobody with 12 or 24 brothers and sisters. Are you Are you kidding me? Let me tell you something. Stephen Adams, as tough as he is, and his I know he got his Polynesian tattoo on the shoulder, long hair. He look intimidating. He look like Aquaman. Shannon Sharp. Grew up doing segregation in the South and had to use an outhouse. Mm. Shannon Sharp, no Jim Crow. Steve Adams, you gonna fight a brother with a lisp? You, you gonna you, fight you, a brother you know with a lisp? Wired differently, dog. Let me taste. Shannon would have laid Stephen out, no problem. You see that look Shannon gave him, like who the that turnaround look again? His, his album cover, yeah, his album cover. Bam in the look, comments. Look, dog. I fought Jim Crow. In one, you ain't got nothing on me, dog. Yo, no, sir. No, sir. Dylan, Bro- Dylan Brooks and Memphis Grizzlies. I want y'all to know that Shannon Sharp was playing football back when they had a singular chin strap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't even think you want those problems, dog. No, you don't. Dog, I just... and and on top of that, this brother had a cardigan on. Y'all was gonna pick up. A... Listen. Listen, sometimes you got to listen. And this goes to all my brothers and my sisters and it's really everyone watching out here. And at the Speak On It podcast, we're going to that word. We do not condone violence by any stretch of the imagination. We want not to start at all. We encourage you to talk out your problems like respectful, young, and mature adults. With that being said, listen, if you in a situation where you about to, you thinking about squaring up, I need you to do a read on your opponent. Yes. Six, five, six, six. You play in the NFL. Clearly like he still is on that same workout regimen. Chest is poking out the shirt. He is literally about to explode out of this damn denim cardigan that I found out costs like $3,500 to $4,000. So he is willing to come out these expensive ass clothes and expensive ass shoes to get in, to come to your, at your work establishment to whoop your ass. And you mad because he said you can't guard LeBron? My dog, you're talking about the second leading scorer of all time who's getting ready to become the all-time leading scorer. And you mad because someone on the sideline who maybe a little bit past his athletic prime is telling you you can't guard him? Listen. Make better decisions, kids. I'll say this. There's a reason the referees held the Grizzlies back. Security took Shannon Sharp to the tunnel. You know, listen, and, and listen, and this brings me back to a great quote that I once heard. That's very applicable here. If you see me in the woods fighting the bear, help the damn bear. Yes. 
And That's what probably did this NBA referees see in that jungle? They saw the bear that is shit and sharp, and they saw the person that is Dylan Brooks getting ready to fight him. And who did they help out, Danny? Dylan Brooks. They helped out Dylan Brooks. And they said, security, y'all deal with him. Listen, don't fight people that have had to use an outhouse. That's a very easy rule of thumb. Don't fight people who had to use an outhouse. Don't fight people who are wearing cardigans. Don't commit crimes with checks. Easy um, rule book. Commit smarter crimes if you're going to com- commit them. Like, don't hand, you know, never mind. Never mind, never mind. Never mind, never mind, never mind. All right. Danny, let's go down a little bit while we're at basketball and talking about the Lakers. Yeah. They made a trade for Rory Hachimori. Yes. Early, it was either today or yesterday. I'm forgetting my date. They made a trade for him. Took sent three, two or three second round picks and Kendrick Nunn to the Washington Wizards. And now from the Washington Wizards, we now have Russell Westbrook, Thomas Bryant, Trey Martin Jr. and Rui Hachimori. So, Danny, I'm going to ask you for your thoughts on this trade. Uh, It's a fair trade. Um, I think the Lakers got the better end of this trade. I think Rui had made it very clear he was done in D.C., and I will say it's amazing. Wherever Kristaps Porzingis goes, someone gets annoyed and wants to leave, whether it's him or someone else, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Lakers, you got, an, you got a nice young piece. Uh, I don't think that that's not like a championship contending move. I think it's enough. Yeah, you got to get healthy first. So the front, a front line of LeBron, Rui, Anthony Davis, that's a very, very interesting lineup. Or if you're going to bring him off the bench, but I think Russ, that's going to be his role, the sixth man. I mean, I think now this team, this team's ceiling was the play in. Now I think this team's ceiling fully healthy, maybe the five seed, maybe the four seed, make it to the second round of the playoffs, maybe if everyone stays healthy. But I still don't think this is a championship roster. Like I still think Giannis would have ripped through this team. Yeah. I think uh, if anyone, and as someone who's been watching more of the Lakers games, I mean, if you've been watching the Lakers games, particularly over the last two or three, maybe let's just say in the month of January, this has been a team, they have been competitive in every basketball yeah. game. They've been competitive in every, like they're not getting blown out and they are winning some games. The Portland game win. was really impressive. The Portland game, the same Memphis Grizzlies game that we're talking about. Yeah. This Lakers team, while yes, they clearly have some uh, deficiencies, particularly in health and, and some other areas. They're not playing bad basketball. They're staying competitive and they're giving themselves a chance to win in night in and night out. And they're keeping their record in the mix to, to be play in contention. And the West isn't outside of like the top two or three seeds. It's very attainable to get to the yeah. four, the five or the six seed. If you're the Los Angeles Lakers, or if you're any team really, really in the mix, you know what I'm saying? So I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is a good pickup. I mean, obviously, you know, we needed some 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 good wing, big man versatility to help help us be able to stretch the floor. Listen, man, with the way LeBron's been playing, the way you know Schroeder, Schroeder, I mean Schroeder and Westbrook has been playing, we've been getting good minutes from Thomas Bryant. I mean, our guard our guard play, even without Lonnie Walker, and I mean our wing play without uh, Austin Reeves and Lonnie Lonnie Walker hasn't been bad. Like I'm looking at the Lakers, I'm like, this can be a team. Listen, I think I think with LeBron. I think he knows, you know, hey, he wants I, I think he definitely wants to win a championship. But I think with him, the biggest point is he wants to be competitive. 
And I think that's what any great player wants. Like you want your team to be competitive. You want them to be in the mix to potentially make a, a playoff run and build on a roster. It doesn't feel like they're just a wasted season. And I think this is a this is the type of move with the type of momentum they've been building. Hey man, you carry this into the all-star break and you're maybe one to two tops three games under two games under 500 or right around 500. You can't tell me with with some of uh, the pieces that we've made, with some of the players that we have, we can't go on a run to in the second half of the season. That's my thoughts. That's fair, because right now the Sacramento Kings are third in the West. So do with that and, what you will. And I watched the Kings and the Grizzlies last night. Yo, the Kings are serious, yo. I'm mad they don't get more national televised games. Offensively, that is a fucking squad. Well, they now they have shooting, right? Like now they can shoot. Now you can run through Sabonis yeah. and Fox in the post. Now you guys surrounded by that shooting. That murder pickup was big for him. Listen, big. I, I would encourage anyone if you're a basketball fan and you're not too biased in watching your team play, watch the Sacramento Kings play. Great offensive uh, team. Shout out to Mike Brown and the staff. Danny, speaking of trades, yep. talk to us about the big. WNBA trade that happened. I saw, I saw you on the timeline with the the the, the, the sad emoji. I, I read into that that same trade. I was a little sad too. It seemed like there was some 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 inner works going on. So why don't you talk to the people and let us know? Yeah. So the Las Vegas Aces and the Los Angeles Sparks made a trade. Uh, the Aces sent Dierica Hamby in a twenty twenty four first round pick to the Sparks for Amanda. I don't want to mispronounce her name. Z a h u i. I don't want to mispronounce it. And their 2024 second round pick. Uh, the the big thing about this trade is for the Aces, one, they don't have any salary cap. Erica signed a uh, contract extension last year. Um, after they won the title, she announced that she was pregnant. So uh, she made anyone who follows her on Instagram. She said she feels as if she's being she was being discriminated against and that the Aces treated her badly for getting pregnant. Uh, we weren't in the room when this contract was signed. We don't know what assurances were given. Uh, I've heard things like, you know, when she signed, they told her, please don't get pregnant again. And again, you can't ask. That's highly illegal. You can't ask someone when and when to not get pregnant. Uh, they she felt like this was just their way of punishing, not punishing her, but this was just the culmination of them mistreating her. Uh, the union is looking into it. But uh, if you're the aces, that's you. That's a big loss. That was Asia's only depth. That was a backup center. She was a good combo forward, good rebounder. A good defender, so now you have to fill in that slot. I don't know. They didn't get a player back. They did, but I mean, the player they got back is, is going to be Asia's backup, but she's not as good as Dierica. Like Dierica is, uh, she she's going to be a starter for the Sparks. That's how good she was. She took a pay cut to stay in uh, to stay in Vegas uh, because her uh, her family uh, her daughter wanted to stay in Vegas. And uh, she wanted to compete for a championship, which they won. So, I mean, they won the w- the ring, but especially in WNBA circles, when someone says, I got mistreated for being pregnant, that sends the wrong message to the rest of the league. Like, who would want to come play? If, this, if the union finds out that this is true, like, who would want to go play for Vegas after they punish someone for, you know, reproductive rights, especially since that's such a hot-button topic here in the country. So yeah. uh, we'll see how that works out. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, man, obviously you hope that – you know, obviously you want to show empathy uh, to, to her in her situation because, I mean, obviously you feel like you're being treated because you're pregnant. That's it's a big thing, I think. Um, I guess on the flip side, if you're the thing, I'm, try, I'm just trying to try to think about if you're the aces, right? What brings you to make this sort of trade? 
Oh, it's definitely it's definitely it's it's probably a money dump, right? She's due a lot of money. They don't have a lot of cap space. She's not going to play this year. She's by the time she comes back, you know, we're going to be close. She says she's going to be ready, but what does that mean? When is she going to be ready? So if you're the Aces, it's like we're going to keep on the roster and pay all this money. And she's pregnant. She's not going to be here. We ain't got a lot of cap space, so we, we we need to find a way to get from under this contract. So I can see from the Aces, and I, and, and from that business point of view, like I like I understand. Right, not saying it's right. I think I understand. Right, but it's illegal. And I, and I, yeah, yeah, you're right. Especially no, if they asked her, don't like, please don't get pregnant. While they signed, I think that's that that's wrong. I want to make that perfectly known. But I guess if you're the aces, like, what if they were looking? I'm not trying. I'm just just playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if they were looking at like, hey, we're already good. We owe you this money, and we're already like, we're already we don't have a lot of cap space left. We recognize that you know you were pregnant and you're working on your comeback now. Like for cap reasons and wanting to make sure that you have your money and we don't have to do do nothing like release you or nothing like that. What if we move you to like we're gonna move you to this team who already says they have plenty of time to work with you as you come back from your recovery? So you don't have to you can come back at your own pace instead of maybe they thought. Being on the Aces, wanting to defend their championship, that might push her to kind of come back a little bit earlier. Maybe she'd not be ready. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, if I'm I don't GM, know, I'm saying again. Yeah. Like it's punishing 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 a player for getting pregnant. I think it's just it's unfathomable to me. So it's like obviously if they did, I think the league should look into it. And they should they should have to pay because you can't you can't do that. Yeah, I think if you're if. I, if I trade her, I don't mention her pregnancy at all. I say, hey, we're tight on salary. You know, we're not trading Asia. We're not trading Kelsey Plum. We're not trading Chelsea Gray. You the fourth, we'll fifth highest. This. Yeah, we're which, trading, we're which trading you. How they even got into that conversation to begin with. Maybe they never mentioned that she was pregnant. Maybe they were exploring it because they were already short on cash. Well, like, she maybe they she is accusing it. them of specifically targeting her because she she's pregnant. Oh, no. That she's been mistreated because, because she's pregnant. I hope she has the right receipts to prove it. Because I mean, I think if you have the right receipts to prove it, you're good, right? Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to find her Instagram post because she goes into a little bit of detail uh, of what happened. Here we go. I just feel like um, them trying to them trying to move move her contract to be to save money is is well, I'm not going to say. I agree with it. I understand it from a business point of view, especially when you start thinking about cap space. Cap space is probably already smaller than WNBA compared to maybe the NBA. But if that that's one thing. But like if she if if she specifically if they specifically told her, hey, don't get pregnant, she was like, no, I like this is something I want to do. She had the baby and she's like been working to come back. And they probably met with her and were probably telling her, hey, we see you as in our future and our future plans, yada, yada, yada. And then you like move her very short after. Yeah, I think the league should look at, look into that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So here we go. This is I'm not reading the whole thing. That's a really long. Uh, she she said they accused her of signing her contract extension knowingly pregnant and not telling them. She says that is a lie. Um, she told it, and that um, they questioned her commitment to the team, uh, and they uh, pretty much essentially back to the to the pregnant stuff. I was told I was a question mark. And it was said that I would get pregnant again, right? So they're they're accusing her of 
sign she says that they are accusing her of signing her contract extension knowing pregnant and not telling the team and then after signing you know then getting pregnant again so yeah oh that's a because you can't prove yo i'm gonna be honest with you nothing i don't think either side can prove the other other ones right i don't think you can i think this is hearsay but even from the vegas point of view like from the league point of view you can't have word on the street that a yep. team is out here discriminated against players who are knowingly or unknowingly pregnant. Like, yeah. so that, that I mean, they're probably going to look into it, but I think when they look into it, they're going to come out and just be like, we we have no we have no evidence. Uh, yeah. The, they might hit him with like a – I don't even know if they hit him with a fine or nothing. It's like you don't no, have no you, if, if you don't have hard evidence, you can't punish them because that is guilt by association or, or you know, that's guilt. That's assuming guilt, but at the same time, if player, I mean, the WNBA is only so big. If players start to hear, or if even the players think, yo, if I go to Vegas and I get pregnant, there's a chance the team might, you know. Well, I mean, I think if you're if you're Vegas, what will likely happen, true or not, guarantee you someone else on the Vegas team is going to get pregnant, and they're going to make sure that they, as an organization, really wrap their hands around that individual. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, they'll definitely go way out of the way. Yeah, I'm trying to see how long Asia Wilson has on her. Yeah, like you got to get this straight because Asia Wilson is a free agent after this year. Yeah. Like you can't lose her. Yeah. So prayers to all parties involved. I'll say that. Prayers to all parties involved. All right, Danny, last thing before we get out of here. Let's do it. Well, Bam in the comments said, check the emails. I bet John Gruden said it to her. Yo. Man, you're hilarious. Kyle also said there have been similar stories of pregnant women in Hollywood. Um, that's interesting, Kyle. And and that kind of and that kind of makes sense. You know what, man? And that's one thing, you know, we as men really can't really too much fully understand. But the bias, I bet you the bias with with pregnancy and women, you know, getting pregnant is is one thing. Because I think as we can speak as men in the work environment, you know, when when maybe women on our on our team, maybe get pregnant. You can, you can tell that sometimes there's some eyes or I don't want to say eyes. There's some maybe preconceived biases, right? Because you know, that means they're out for a little bit. And Hey, I tell people, go do your thing. Don't, don't worry about what's going on here. Cause we here, we're going to get this figured out. It's like when people go on vacation, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is yeah. what's best for you. I'm happy for you. You go have that, you know, you go have that, uh, have that healthy baby. And you know what I'm saying? Do your thing. Do your thing. Quick, quick, quick on that uh, before we get into our KD versus Stan Van Gundy, because Bam's, Bam brought up an interesting uh, topic that I did want to get your quick thoughts on. So I don't know if you saw, mm-hmm. but uh, Ed Reed was recently, uh, I'm not going to say let go, but he was fired before he kind of, he was fired before he was hired, really, uh, all because uh, he had got on social media and uh, had some, some comments about... Um, What's the name of the university? Bethune Cook. Bethune Cookman. Bethune Cookman. He had some comments around their facilities, uh, their locker rooms, dorm rooms, and he was kind of documenting it. Now I want to let everyone know Ed Reed is a Hall of Fame safety from that played at the University of Miami. This is Bethune Cookman, which is a historical black college university. So you can imagine there were some discrepancies in the facilities he's used to, and facilities that he saw. He documented it. Wasn't the very most friend, friendliest. You can tell his heart was in a good place. Delivery, not so much. Bethune, Bethune Cookman let him go, and it has 
transpired into like i'm still seeing protests of people who are protesting his firing he was very emotional he led his team like he documented it in a very you know he's on ig live you can see Deion sanders who came in there uh, talked to him a little bit to danny i guess my my question or comment to you is when you shit talk your employer and they fire you who do you blame I'll take it a step further. When you get on the internet and talk trash about your employer who really not even legally your employer yet, that is next level Craig Friday stuff. You got fired from a job you didn't legally have, my dude. He got fired in his day off. He didn't even have the day off because he didn't have the job. Nah, and you could at least let the, the ink drop first. Dog, this university hadn't even signed the contract yet. Yeah, nah. Like, what do you do? Drop. Like, I have no Any person in this country, get on social media, talk trash about your employer, and let them see it. Get back to me. Let me know how that ends. Now, I got even I got another, I got a follow-up question for the people. People, how many of y'all out here, if you're watching or you're seeing this, have ever talked shit about your employer to anyone on earth? How many people out here documented themselves talking shit about their employers? <laughs> I'll put my hand down immediately. Come on, man. Like we talk, like we talking next level dry just, snitching. Like dry snitching, no self-awareness. Yeah. And I'm gonna cut him, I'm gonna cut him a smidge of slack because I could tell his heart was in the right place. His heart was in the right place. He was probably like then go talk to the administration, the Ed. Or Go talk Ed. to the dean, Ed. Yeah. Go talk to the president, Ed. You don't need to talk to your camera. Or, or Ed, you you got to ask around because it sounds like, after hearing Eddie George talk, it sounds like a lot of coaches know what they're going into when they start coaching at these HBCUs. Sounded like Ed Reed did not, and you can tell when Eddie George is talking, he had a lot of grace for that. Listen, I think to Bam's point, he didn't want to coach at that Mobile school anyway. Go ahead, Ed Reed. Go see if Dion got a spot on his staff, or see if if uh, or see if maybe Saban or somebody got some room on their staff. Here's the frustrating thing about this, and how these these coaches like Dion and Ed it work for Dion. It's these it's these NFL greats that don't want to go to a PWI or Alabama and, and, and be on. An assistant, they want to run their own program, but have no idea. When Ed Reed was associated with Miami, he was just a step above the mascot. You know why? Because the the D five programs are not going to put Ed Reed in the space he wants to be in. So they reach out to these HBCUs, like, "Yo, I was great in NFL. You get some star power. I get my experience." Where there's going to be some like HBCU culture for those like on HBCUs, no one cares about sports, so sports aren't going to get the funds that they are at Miami or Alabama, or, you know, USC. Like, if you're going to coach... Basketball, maybe. Maybe, but if you're going to coach an HBCU, you need to understand the culture before you walk in, and that will prevent you from getting fired from a job that you legally didn't have. Oh, boy. Let me tell you something. Because you really... you Listen, if you're working at a job, you shouldn't even contemplate talking shit about your immediate like teammate until the ink has dried dog like you had no legal protection you had no guaranteed money no buyout like come on man like i'm supposed to feel sorry for that 
Yeah, no. When, when I heard no, that, I don't like, feel sorry for that man. At first, I thought they had fired. I thought they had. I thought they had interviewed, hired, and then took a few days and then fired him. Yeah. Then I found out he had he had he was talking, and I was like, "All right, well, what he say?" Then I heard he was talking about facilities. I said, "Well, Ed, how?" Ed, as like a, you're supposed to be the figurehead of the program and the university. What what happens if in your first press conference as the head coach, somebody asks you, "Hey, Ed, saw your video on 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 Instagram long, long ago. Do you want to go into your thoughts on the facilities on campus?" You think they're gonna put you in front of a mic so you can no. with that with that platform and that voice to the world? That and, man, and like I saw the passion, the emotion on IG Live as he was crying, he was upset. And you can hear Dion, which Dion, I'm also very curious on to what you told him like privately. I know you told Nothing. him right there because because the more the more when I because I don't know if you saw Dion like I did. That looked like a friend that was trying to calm a friend down before this friend did some crazy shit at there, like where he was at. I feel like Dion maybe, maybe called Ed afterward after he called down. It's been like, hey man, hey dog, you, you, you listen, you're not wrong. Them facilities is a piece of shit, but you just can't go on. You can't go and say it. No, nah, you can't go and say it. What you doing, Ed? You got to you say? Would you say the Ravens facility is bad before you signed your rookie deal? Like he got on the internet and said, my office was dirty. Dog, it ain't your office. They ain't even cleaned the head coach. They ain't even cleaned your office yet. It's not his office. Yeah, It won't your office. Yeah. Bam, he doesn't need to be a puppet, Bam. He needs to understand what he's walking into. He's walking into that HBCU and he's thinking it's going to be Miami and it's going to be nice weight rooms cold tables and massage like no you have to understand the job you take when you're taking you have to understand like you're telling me he interviewed for this job didn't visit the campus didn't visit the facilities at all that was his first time seeing the facilities when he made that video he didn't go by there once while interviewing for the job come on man like what are we doing here what are we talking about what coach goes and interviews for a job at a university and doesn't come to the university? Urban Meyer. Well, yeah, that's fair. Urban Meyer. You want to be mentioned in the same breath as Urban Meyer, Ed? Because that's where we at. Sometimes, as Kyle said, you have to read the room. Speaking of reading the room, let me let's talk about a funny as reading the room engagement. Last week, Stan Van Gundy, great, legendary NBA uh, uh, NBA uh, former head coach, knows a lot about the game. If you guys are ever watching TNT, he might be calling the game right now on TNT. He knows a lot about basketball, very well-respected in the basketball community. He was on Twitter, and he was basically talking about how, hey, back in his day, let's just say the 90s, essentially they had a medical trainer and like a doctor, yep. and they didn't have as many injuries now there are whole teams on 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 like teams have whole teams dedicated to keeping players healthy and they're unhealthy at a higher rate yep. so he's basically saying are we rehabbing them too much maybe causing them to, to get hurt more right like they maybe they got to be playing more and they'll be out there you know what i'm saying yeah kd says yo stan you spitting yo you spitting <laughs> that shit. go ahead Preach. 
Man, Van Gundy was like, whoa, I'm not spitting. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm basically saying XYZ, XYZ. KD was like, LOL, no, Stan, I am agreeing with you. Danny, is this what it's like when I talk to you or when you talk to your 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 your, your OGs? Like, is this really the disconnect where we at now? Yes. I do that. This happens with me and my father all the time when I use oh. yeah, and he'll be like, What? Who's spitting? The same, like same context. Same everything. I think that is the beauty of the generational divide. It's nothing wrong. It's just hilarious. This happened to all of us at some point in time talking oh, yeah. to an elder. Oh, yeah. Especially my my dad does not get the YouTube Twitch generation. And it is funny whenever he I hear him talk about it. Yeah. You mean to tell me these motherfuckers just sit down in front of the screen and watch these motherfuckers play the game and they don't play it themselves? What type of weird shit is that, man? <laughs> you know? And I would say you watch porn, you watching something that might. <laughs> hey, yo, whoa, wait a minute. Whoa. Wait. I mean, yo, if he, if, if he, right here. <laughs> we got him. We got him. If he I telling you they just watch people play video games and don't play it themselves, I mean, what is porn but playing the game but not playing it yourself? Nah, he doubled down on this. Officer, he over here. Uh, officer, yeah, I'm on my yo, gun. Drop, shit. Over here. Yo, drop that gym to your dad. See what he yeah, says. Yeah, no, no, I'm actually not. Gonna <laughs> yo, listen, the only thing funnier than a, like talking to someone with a generational divide, and yes, pause, Kyle. The only thing funnier than talking to somebody with a generational divide is talking to someone with like a a raising divide. And when I say that, I'm talking particularly in the black community, i.e., talking to someone from the street and you not someone from the street. Oh yeah. It was inside. Oh dog. It it be it listen. Listen. Dog. You can bring out the pause police when you're talking to someone who is not from the, the street. Someone who is pause. The fuck fuck you talking about pause. What you trying to say? No, what you trying to say though? Dog. Now I'm just saying dog. I mean if you on that porch we can take it outside right now. What you talking about? Be as clear as a communicator as you can be. Please, please. Do not get caught in a T, T Morant, Shannon Sharp moment. Listen, and I feel like if you black out here, you've been in that situation before. Yes. Now, <laughs> I think I've been Dylan Brooks. I think I've been Shannon Sharp. And I think I've been T Morant. I think of all, I like being T Morant. <laughs> yeah, T was like, you know what? He, said, he saw Shannon was pissed and he was like, oh, damn. He said, he looked at his watch. Looked at his drink. I gotta fill this bitch up anyway. I got something to say to you over here, Mr. Sharp. Mr. Sharp. Mr. Sharp. People, if you have learned anything today, don't commit crimes with checks. Don't fight people with cardigans. Don't fight people who are from out outhouses. Never tell someone what they should and should not do, especially when it comes to pregnancy. And most, most importantly read the room and do not talk shit about your employer before the ink has dried or on wax in general people and i want to emphasize there's nothing wrong with speaking your mind about your employer that's how work environments get better but there's a productive way of doing it there's a professional way of doing it and there's a non-social media way of doing it and never do it the social media way never there's never any context there's never any context in social media yeah when will people realize there's no context in social media that's why a lot of Quotes get mistaken. People be getting canceled because. Okay, it's the last thing I'm gonna say. I don't believe everyone who gets canceled, quote unquote, is as terrible as they make it out to be. I, what I often see happening is a, a quote 
or something getting taken out of context. And when that gets taken out of context, the people out here go and find every t- semi-terrible, playful thing you may have said, whether it was serious, whether it was a joke, and they say, this is you. Any mistake you've made, they say, this is you, and they paint this narrative about you. And now, now next thing you know, you got sponsors calling you saying, you know, we can't, we, we can't be associated with something like this. No, not right. We understand this. You've never been like this before. You've probably been, you've been, you've been incredible the entire time we've been working with you, but we, we, we can't do this. Not, not this type of publicity. We gotta, we gotta let this sit a little bit. We got, we, I know we had some plans and we had some marketing plans. We gotta push this back. So I hope you're not mad. And now, guess what? Now you're in a situation. You'd be like, so you just gonna believe them? I ain't never caused one problem. Now you gonna believe them? Well, if it's fuck me, then it's fuck you. And now, people, full circle moment. Now we gonna fuck off. Diddy, <laughs> let the people know where to find us. That is your Los Demix words of wisdom. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Speak on it underscore pod. Send us your emails. Speak on it pod 14 at gmail.com. We want to answer your questions. We just need someone to ask us some questions. So ask us some questions, man. Ask us some questions. Like the off season is on the way. Like ask us some questions, man. They don't have to be sports related. They can be life dating related as y'all. Whatever you want. Yeah. I'm I'm a little bit of a love doctor. I got to, y'all can hear about my incredible voice that when it comes to, uh, Pauls, I don't want to hear the voice you use to talk to women with. See, that's hate. That's hate. That's hate. Nah, that's hate. And no, all right. I am, I'm in a committed relationship too. So before you get me in trouble, I okay, I don't want to hear you talk in your voice that you talk to your girlfriend in when you hang up from this show. Listen, if the people want to hear that voice, y'all put it in the chat. He'll sign off in that voice. But I don't know if the streets want to hear. The voice you use to talk to your lady. Well, you can also hear this voice oh, at Los Demix on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube. I'm telling y'all, the Twitch stream is coming. I've already been, I've been, y'all been looking at DJ turntables recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, do I it. I, I, yeah, I think I just got to pull the trigger. I, I think that's just what do it. I said, I just got to pull the trigger. Pull the yeah. trigger. Thank you, Bam. Bam said, do not use that voice. Thank you. So, bam, you tell me you don't want to hear this voice. Is that what you're saying? Y'all have a good night. Be blessed. (laughs) (laughs) Danny, I I got this. Before we get out of here, I got one song. As mentioned before, this song is Ooh La La by Tina Marie. Listen, mentioned before, y'all really got to get into into y'all's white your white soul, your white and bead bag. It's, it's, It's really, it's one of those bags that just needs to be respected. Listen, it's always great when Twitter figures out that Bobby Caldwell was white. Yo, one of these days we're going to do a segment on incredible white folks that most black folks think are black. That sounds great. How many of my people, my skin folk out here knew Tina Marie was white? Barely. And I looked that up yesterday, like two days ago. Myself to be sure. Come on now, come on. You gotta give it, you gotta give him a hook. Give it. You gotta give him a hook. Come on. Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all can't hear this white being tell me. Talk to me, Tina. Love y'all. Thank y'all. Peace.